Hello and welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bases Loaded. Bases Loaded is a fantasy baseball podcast, and I'm your host, Mike Curland. Tonight, I'm joined by one of my co-hosts, uh, George. You can follow him on Twitter at jmontanez90. George, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing pretty well. Just uh, glad to be back. Yeah, and of course, it's another episode where it's not the three of us. No, it's been a while since the three of us were able to get together, but that's how it is, you know, during the summer, summer vacation, kids are out of school and stuff, you know, family time. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's part of it. I totally understand. Heck, I mean, my kid's having a sleepover right now as we speak, but that's not stopping us. I just hope I don't wake them up. Now, this is episode 31. We are chugging along here. And we are going to talk some news and notes and some second half in general. We're going to talk about, you know, maybe bounce back candidates, some guys that we might see having big second halves in general as a whole. They kind of go hand in hand, but not every guy we think is going to have a big second half. So we'll get to that. But first, like I said, we're going to talk news and notes. The first bit of news here, we have a – we have a lot going on right now, man. Uh, AJ Pollock just returned, and he's only 58% owning Yahoo leagues. Like I almost didn't mention him, but he's worth talking about because he's coming off this injury that seemed – I mean, it was relatively serious. He was out for, what, two months or so? And it was an infection in his elbow. He's come back, and it's almost like he's he's providing that value you drafted him to provide. He's hit, like, I think two or three home runs already since his return, and he's been nothing short of great. And he's only 58% owned. He, I think he needs to be pretty much owned across the board in, in majority of leagues, and not all leagues at this point. Yeah, I mean, he – did you think he hit another home run today? Yeah, he hit three home – he's hit three home runs in three games, I think. Yep, three home runs in four games since he's returned from the I.L. Yeah, uh, sorry, I was just taking a look here. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, three home runs. Wow, yeah, he's definitely – he's only 59% owned in Yahoo right now. He's um, definitely someone that can help in the second half if he's out there. He might fall – he actually falls into what we were discussing, what we're going to discuss later, really. But, yeah, it's just, again, and he caught my eye, and he's, he went up one percentage since we started because – I, in my notes, it's 58%, which means that was, what, half an hour ago? Um, so he's already being added. He's already being added more since. But it's not all sunshine and rainbows, unfortunately. Well, yeah, it is still because uh, Eddie Rosario is back as well. Uh, but that's my news. If you have him stashed, he's obviously a must-start guy. Hits right in the middle of a great Minnesota lineup. But now this is where the rain comes because now we have players going on the I.L. You have Scherzer out. He's hoping what minimum stay with the mid back strain. Yeah, exactly. Those can be tricky. I mean, I know Scherzer's he's as safe a bet as far as pitchers typically go when it comes to health. But I don't know something with the way how throw with how hard he throws. I hope he doesn't rush back because man, he's one of the few bright spots that pitching's uh, as far as pitching's gone this year. So. Uh, Homer Bailey got traded. You can hear my enthusiasm for that one. I just <laughs> – he was traded to the A's. I want to say it's irrelevant, but Mike Fires is somebody, so I don't know. You have any excitement for this move? I mean, 15-teamers, AL only maybe? No, not at all. I mean, he's <laughs> been – he's, you know, 
been usable at times this year. Um, you know, we'll see. We'll see if maybe the A's sometimes um, sometimes they can you can catch some lightning in a bottle with the A's with some of the pitchers. You know, Mike Fires has had a resurgence there in Oakland this year. So, uh, I mean, fifteen teamers. You know, he may, maybe kind of kind of see see how he does there in Oakland. And let's see, we have some more injuries. Glass now. Oh, this is terrible, man. He was having such a great season, and he had another setback. He's out two weeks, another two weeks, and then he's going to be reevaluated. Is it safe to say in redraft leagues he's droppable at this point? Yeah, he is. I mean, if you need the, the IL space, if, if you need space on your IL, he's, he, I think he's droppable at this point. If you don't have anyone else that you're stashing or, or if there's no other better stashes available on the waiver wire, then I mean I can I can see holding him for that potential of you know possibly getting him for the last maybe two three weeks of the season if that, but I think that's probably the most likely you know best case scenario that we're looking at at this point with Glass now is maybe getting him back um, you know sometime in September at this point. Yeah, because when a pitcher is out this long, well, Glass now has been out what two months now it feels like roughly give or take. And it takes usually about – they usually give them about three to four starts. That's about a month of rehab right there. Not And we're assuming no other setbacks at this point, which is unlikely with how he's had two or three setbacks as it is. So, right. I, I think if you're, th- if you're hoping for September, you're hoping for, like you said, two or three starts, and that might be optimistic at this point. I'm – yeah, I, I have no issues dropping him whatsoever. Unless, you, like you said, unless there's no better stashes on the waiver wire which I don't see that being possible unless it's a really deep league. And, uh, yeah, but other, but other than that, and then, or unless you're happy to be very lucky with injuries and have, and have the aisle space available, I'm with you on that, but I wouldn't force it basically. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking of injuries and droppable players, in my opinion, <laughs> Matt Carpenter is on the IL with a uh, foot injury. I believe it was. He uh, was put. Sorry, go ahead. I I I believe it was the foot injury. It is. I I had it here. Yeah, it's his. It's a foot. He fouled the ball off his foot late in Monday's win over the Pirates, and it was an apparent pain. X-rays came. X-rays came back negative, but I guess they didn't want to. They didn't want to play. They wanted to play it safe with him, and they went ahead and put him on the IL. I'm th- it sounds like it's gonna be a minimum stay, but regardless, he's been absolutely terrible. And I don't know. I, I mean, you know what? We'll touch on him in a little bit. We'll we'll bring him up because he's part of the second half discussion. So we'll leave it there for now. We'll revisit this. Sound good? Yeah, sounds good. Perfect. And we have some uh, interesting news: a bunch of pitchers playing catch. You have Tyone, who threw from 90 feet today. Lazardo, who threw from 90 feet today. Kluber threw a bullpen, so I guess he's a little closer. But all in all, all these guys are assuming if there's no setbacks, you can have all these guys back mid-August probably. Maybe at, at the very least September. Yeah, yeah. Another pitcher who recently started a throwing program is uh, Luke Weaver. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, Weaver started a throwing program a few days ago. So he's, you know, um, starting – you know, the early stages of rehab. Uh, so, you know, if someone like Weaver, I, I think I would, I would stash him over glass now right now. 
if he was available and I, and I had, you know, one IL spot. Uh, I think maybe Weaver's a real little more realistic, uh, you know, ex, you know, expecting to come back. Yeah, and I could see Weaver being the most realistic as far as coming back with the most amount of time left. I mean, throwing from 90 feet versus throwing actual, you know, pitches, that's – that's we're just still being hopeful. Kluber, I think it would be Kluber and Weaver would be, would be the two I expect to come back like with and at least throw for a month probably. But – I don't know. I'm still holding on to Tyone in places. Lazardo, I'm surprised it's moving as well as it is. I expected him to be shut down a little longer. So there is hope he'll be up for September. But we're getting to that point of the year, man, where these guys are getting harder and harder to hold. So <laughs> if you're in a crunch, if you're in a crunch – and you need you need, you have to remember it would be great to have these guys for the playoffs like for your head to head categories and head to head you know points it'd be great to have these guys for the playoffs but you have to make the playoffs in order to have them for the playoffs so if there's a roster crunch these are the types of guys that tough cuts to make but sometimes you got to do it right yeah exactly i mean I, personally i'm still holding on to glass now just cuz i i owned them starting the season and i was writing that you know, the, that hot start he was on, uh, was so bummed that he, when he got hurt. So, I mean, I'm still holding on to him, holding on to Weaver too. Um, Kluber and Tyone, I don't have any of just because those weren't really guys that I was on, um, coming into the season. They haven't been anyone that I've been trying to acquire either. Uh, I'm, I, I'm, <laughs> I've been, I, I, I drafted a ton of Tyone. I picked him up off the waiver wire when people dropped him. I traded for him since he's been hurt. <laughs> it's like very cheap, obviously. But it's like Clevenger was the best case scenario, and this has become like one of the worst case scenarios so, so far. So I'm hurting from this. <laughs> I, I was a big Tyone guy, and I still am. Dynasty Leagues, I still I think he's a good buy low at this point. Kluber, I wasn't on Kluber coming into the year either, but I ended up getting him off the waiver wire in a few spots. Um, I think I had him in our in our podcast league, and that was like my only share. So that didn't really <laughs> that team. Yeah, it's a whole other discussion. But <laughs> but uh, all in all, I don't know. I'm kind of. I think I'm still holding on to all these guys if I have the room to. They offer such a high upside compared to what's on the waiver wire these days that it's hard for me to justify dropping them unless unless another solid miler gets called up out of nowhere. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, just based on how pitching has been, has been this year, you want to hold on to any kind of potential that that's out there. Um, I think you mentioned Lazardo as well. Yeah. Right? He, um, he was part of the, throwing. so if you can get any of these guys for the stretch, you know, run of the last, you know, five, six weeks of the season. Um, yeah. If you, if, if there's any chance of them coming back at, for, for that point, then, then you're definitely holding on to them. These are the guys, Glassnow, Lazardo, heck, even Tyone and Kluber. If you're in first place, second place, third place, like if you know you're making the playoffs or if you know you're, you're going to be down the final stretch to try to cash in your leagues, these are the types of guys that you might want to target right before your trade deadlines here and stash them away because these are the types of guys that could be difference makers and they won't cost you much, if anything. They may even be on your waiver wire. It's one of those things that like you got to think ahead. These are the perfect type. These are almost like stashing a minor leaguer. 
you just got to, like, these are the very high upside. They can pay big dividends, and right now they're probably next to nothing or free. And they're perfect for a team contending or trying to, you know, be make a difference in the final month to really, you know what I mean? Like, these are just those types of moves you got to make. Right, uh, yeah. Yeah, and, I mean, the, the way pitching has been this year, you know, one thing that I'm looking at doing in, in most of my leagues, at least most of my head-to-head leagues, is, you know, trying to consolidate good pitching into, like, you know, trying to get an ace. If I, if I have a good lead and I know I'm going to make the playoffs, so, like, you know, consolidating some of some of the, uh, you know, pitchers that, that maybe you picked up or maybe you've been using that uh, that have, you know, performed well. Uh, guys like Soroka, Paddock. Minor, um, Lynn. Exactly, yeah. yeah There's I teams out there that can use them, that's for sure. And then you – and then with that, with that extra roster spot, maybe you can stash one of these guys, so – just a little strategy thrown into the news and notes today. We can move on now. A couple injuries happened tonight, so we are lacking as far as, you know, further information. But Eloy Jimenez left the game in the first inning after colliding with his uh, teammate. I forget his name. Useless guy. Charlie um, Tilton. Thank you. He's useless. <laughs> He's useless to me. I mean, whatever. He And all he does is take out – like the one good player in that outfield is the one who gets hurt. Uh, he they collided. He uh, Eli leaves the game with an elbow or shoulder. It's it's been called an elbow, but people are speculating it could be a shoulder. Unknown exactly the extent of the injury. Regardless, uh, this is a this is unfortunate because he was starting to really come alive, man. And another guy that just got back was a uh, Alberto Mondesi. He he apparently was trying to make a catch in foul territory. And, and injured his arm unknown exactly what happened but apparently like when the when the play happened he stayed on the ground in obvious pain and then he exited with a trainer this one sounds pretty bad especially if he hurt his arm fielding a ball that could be like a hyper uh, hyper extended type of deal a ligament strain who knows and he just got back so i'm really Curious to see what's going to happen there. I mean, he's been he had he was off to such a good start to the year, and he's been derailed by injury and the the groin injuries, stuff like that. I expect with a speedster like Mondesi, but this right. is just, this is just a freak injury. I don't know if you want to add anything, or we can just move on. Yeah, I don't. I don't really have much much to add there. I mean, as far as um, Mondesi, you're not there's there's no, nothing really there. You're if he hits the IL, I mean. I mean, it's unfortunate, but it's like, you know, you're not looking to pick up his replacement. I mean, same with, same with Eloy. If it's serious with Eloy, if we find out maybe, you know, it's a, it's a serious shoulder injury or elbow, I think it was the elbow that was bothering him. Um, and I do believe that, that they've already come out and said that he is expected to hit the IL. Um, who knows? Maybe if it's something that drags on, we see Luis Robert come up. Don't get me all excited. <laughs> I'm getting myself excited over here, man. I have Luis Robert everywhere. He's tearing up AAA right now, too. He came up and had, like, what, a six-hit game with, like, three home runs or something ridiculous? Yeah, he – game. Exactly. He's mashing. He's running. He's doing it all down there. And, I mean, I, I, st- I think Robert was going to – I thought Robert was going to get a cup of coffee this year anyway. Uh, so we'll see if this actually pushes his ETA up, but he just got called up to AAA, so I'm not really expecting it like as imminent. And they're not competing either, so 
Yeah, he has a total of be- between AA and AAA um, this year. Actually, you know, he's moved up three levels. He's gone from from uh, high A to AA, now to AAA. So, I mean, someone who moves up at, you know, at that, at that rate in, in one year, I mean, he's, he's showing tremendous growth. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, if they give him a little bit of time uh, towards the end of the year. And he can absolutely help, help your teams. He's got that, that's 18 home runs now uh, this year between the three levels uh, to go along with uh, 32 steals. So you know, 18 home runs, 32 steals. And the guy's hitting, you know, he hit 453 in, in A ball. 314 in double A. He's off to a hot start in triple A, like you said, four, hitting 429, 500, uh, slugging 810. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, he, he looks like the real deal. It sounds like a, it's almost like a, a your, uh, Jordan, George, sorry, Jordan Alvarez. He didn't move up, he didn't move up three levels, but it reminds me of him. Like, not that he came out of nowhere, but he wasn't such, like, Robert came into the season not so highly touted. And like, or he, he, cause he had, you know, he was highly touted in the past. He lost some of his shine and he's done nothing but like become the shiniest new toy again. And it's like Jordan Alvarez kind of wasn't really like this big time prospect coming into the year. He was a solid prospect and he's right. nothing, and then he just kind of blew up. So it's, but it's exciting, man. The, the White Sox really have a bright future. If these guys, you know, really start coming around and being something over the next couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. But like, we can save that for a dynasty episode. Let's get into the big second halves. Now, unfortunately, some of these guys on this list are also guys that were injured recently. But we can kind of just go revisit real quick Matt Carpenter. Even prior to the injury, the injury honestly doesn't change my opinion and it actually makes it easier for me. I'm like a lot of people are afraid to let go of Matt Carpenter because of what he did last year. You know, he went on that tear for like, what, six weeks or something like that? Absolutely yeah. wrecked baseball was like first round value but that was people don't realize like that was he did so well during that six weeks it really inflated his numbers on the season like he really wasn't much before or after it and I just don't see it this year there's nothing suggesting any type of uh big break coming you know all his stat cast numbers are pretty much fall in line with what he's doing career high career high k rate uh, career low walk rate sorry almost a career low walk rate, but it's still a good one at 12.9. He's barreling the ball half the time compared to last year. His exit below is down. His hard hit percentage is down 10% from last year. And that's what that's when everyone else is, is up, you know, across the board. So, Eugene, that's, that's just a quick look. I know I, know I said I wouldn't do this for every player, but you know I'm going to. Um, just looking – just, there's just nothing there, man. He's just regressing across the board, and it's worrisome. Right, yeah. You take a look at I'm taking a look at his Statcast page right now, and mm-hmm. the, the <laughs> X batting average is right there. You know, two twenty eight. It's, I mean, it's better than his two fifteen. So, I mean, this is showing what he's done so far. I, I don't really expect it to get much better. I mean, not that it can't, because he showed last year that it can absolutely. Um, so but, do you expect, yeah. do you, do you expect, okay. Cause this is how we're doing this. Like, honestly, cause we, it was hard for us. We're discussing it as like bounce back candidates slash guys. We think are going to have big halves, big second halves. Now they kind of go hand in hand. I'm completely out on Carpenter. I, I not only do I not think he isn't, you know, he's not gonna have a big second half, but I don't think he's going to have a bounce back second half either. I, I think he's droppable in 12 teamers. You can hold on. You hold on to him in fifteen teamers because of some positional flexibility, 
and the two teamers are a little deeper, obviously. So, but otherwise, for me, I, I have no problem dropping him. He's seventy something percent owned, and he was probably. I bet you he's on the most drop list because he's down five percent. So, yeah, um, yeah, po- probably. I mean, if you could sell him for you know cents on the dollar, would you do that? See what you can get well, for him. Yeah. That's another thing. I when I say drop somebody, I, I get that's like obviously my advice. But if you can still trade him to somebody who might believe in him, if you can get heck, if you can turn around and get one of those, if you can get Tyone for him, I would take it. You know what I mean? Like like I would take a chance on Lazardo for him. If I'm willing to drop him, I'll take anything I can get for him that's worth some type of value or potential value. Yeah. Or maybe go after, you know, a, a recent pitcher that's been called up, someone like Brendan McKay. If whoever has Brendan McKay probably picked him up for nothing. And, I mean. Well, and McKay's back in the minors, so that might be a good one. People might think, well, the Rays are going to play this game all the rest exactly. of the year. I was about to give you a little bit of grief on that one, but then I realized, oh, McKay's back in the minors. That actually might work because a lot of people don't pay attention and realize the Rays are probably just going to call him up again next week um, like, and, keep, and keep him up too. Right. It looks like that's what it's going to be, you know, this up and down game with, with McKay trying to balance his in uh trying to keep him under certain innings and all that yeah but regardless um i think we were both in agreement for the most part that we're both out on matt carpenter i think you might be a little more optimistic than me but not much which because <laughs> at least you're th- at least you thought maybe you could sell him i didn't even think to sell him that gives you an idea of how much i'm done with him uh now here's a guy that is a traditional second oh by the way i have this list in front of me and i'm going in random order so it's really gonna throw you off so we're gonna have fun with this okay so you have no idea what's coming. It's going to be so much fun for me. The next guy I decided to bring up is a traditional second-half guy, and that's Joey Votto. Uh, he makes me sigh. Nope. Nope? <laughs> Just nope? Nope. <laughs> no. No, I mean, this is, this is, you know, this is a year and a half now of, of this kind of, you know, subpar pr- production that we're getting from – from the Votto, you know, this isn't the Votto that we knew two years ago, the MVP candidate. Um, I think, you know, he's he's coming up on, you know, 36 years old. You know, uh, yeah, I, I don't think, he, I don't think he's like, you know, a top 10, I don't think he has potential to be a top 10 first baseman. I don't think he has potential to be top 15 to be honest at this point. Yeah. You're lucky if he's top 20. Now, he still has value in OPS or OBP leagues and points leagues. He's still okay. Nothing. I just don't think he's going to be anything special. I think he's going to be okay. Like 10-teamers, he's droppable. 12-teamers, he's borderline, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, is he even, you know, is he even an asset in OBP leagues right now? I mean, I know the, you know, sometimes. He has a 350 OBP. But yeah, it's pretty empty. I know what you mean. Like twenty-three RBIs on the year, eight home runs. Eight home, right, two sixty average. I mean, the X batting average two forty-seven. You um, know, if you look at the strikeout percentage, he's striking out at twenty percent, uh, only walking eleven percent, which for him is really low. Because what before that, the last five years, the lowest has been was seventeen point three. So, talking about about five, roughly a five point. I came to the math right now five or so six and a half it's about six percent difference basically right and a lot of times we see with these aging hitters is sometimes the plate discipline is the first thing to go 
it's just frustrating because we've seen him do this for like the first half. He's gone the first half of years literally purposely doing certain things so pitchers adjust to him and he was expecting the adjustments type of thing. It's almost like pitchers have figured out what he does and there's just nothing there for me. I'm yeah, and uh, I'm just like it's like the upside isn't really there and the counting numbers aren't the counting stats aren't really there and I know he bats second and sometimes he even leads off. So his and he only, but he only has forty six runs, so he's on pace for what ninety runs on the year, maybe. Can't even double it at this point. You know what I mean? Eighty five runs maybe on the year. Right. That's why I said OBP leagues, OPS. He's not even hitting for uh, eight hundred OPS. So I don't know. It's so if he's only helping you in one category, in is, OBP, he re- is he is he really worth really it? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, that's why I said fringe. I, I did say I said borderline, but fringe works too. He's a fringe twelve team guy. Fifteen again, fifteen teamers. I'm still holding on to him, but fringe twelve, and that depends on your level. It depends on what's on the waiver wire. I mean, if I can get a day, I rather I would drop him for a Danny Santana. Mercado was just dropped. Like there's a Mercado's widely available. By the way, I looked because I, I, heck, I'm not gonna lie. I considered dropping him, but my love yeah. for him shined. I kept <laughs> I kept him, and obviously the last two days it's paid dividends with home runs and steals the last couple games. But I don't know, man. I think I might drop a Joey Votto from Mercado just for the upside because Votto's like you said that like we're we're pretty much looking at him. It's a one category producer, and that's if and that's if you happen to play in an OBP league or a points league. And even then, it's not a lot of points because of his strikeout rate being higher than usual. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I mean, in a twelve team league, are you starting them? No. <laughs> No, maybe in a 15-team league. That's why I said 15-team rights still have them. Heck, I have yeah. them. I actually have them as a 15, in a 15-team league, but I'm actually sitting him for Danny Santana. So, yeah. just even yeah, – that's a guy I mentioned. But I, I'm a man of my word. Like, in a 12-team league, 15-team league, Danny Santana isn't really available in 15-teamers anymore. But that's the type of guy I'm starting over him without much thought. We can move on from him. I think, we're on, again, we're on the same page. Try to find a guy we're going to differ on. Okay, I think I might find, I might have found one. <laughs> what do you think about Vlad? Vlad Guerrero Jr., second half. Do you think there's a bounce back, a big second half? Or, or should we just continue to temper expectations? You know, I have zero Vlad Jr. this year. Me too. Um, he, was on, so, he, was, he was on my bus list because of his draft price, to right. be honest. Yeah, yeah. There was just there were just so many guys that I liked uh, around his draft price. Um, I, you know, beginning of draft, you know, early on draft season, he was going you know just ahead of someone like Anthony Rendon. There was no way I was doing that. Um, a, a little later on, he was right around you know a little bit ahead of like Eugenio Suarez. Um, so yeah, you know, Guerrero's just not someone that I've been on this year. That's not to say, like, you know, dynasty-wise, yeah, absolutely. He's he's one of the, you know, one of the best, you know, potential-wise. Um, but this year, I was just out on Vlad this year. As far as, you know, bounce back for the second half, yeah, absolutely. I don't – he's not a 250 – you know, he's not a 245 hitter. Um, this year he might be. <laughs> they are – I'm just saying, I'm just – if you're looking at the X stats, obviously. I, I do think he's going to be a little better than than what he's been. Now, bounce back to what like a fourth or fifth round value. I'm not so sure. 
I'm just having issues because after I did my deep dive, I just can't unsee what he's like, how he struggles with curveballs like crazy, man. And that's really, I mean, his K rates and like, walk rates, although they're not as good as they were in the minors, they're still really good, you know. 9.8% walk rate, which is above league average. 18.9% uh, K rate, which is also above league average. But there's a big, his big issue right now. He can't hit a freaking curveball. Like, so he's seeing like a whole bunch. He's seeing breaking pitches a whole ton because he's really struggling as a whole against breaking. I think it's the slide, yeah, sliders as well. He's hitting 143 against curves and 167 against sliders. And he's slugging 191 against curves and 167 against sliders. He can hit just about anything else. He's struggling a little bit against sinkers, but all in all, he's hitting changeups well, cutters, four seamers. He's killing a fastball, basically. But pitchers are realizing he can't seem to be – he can't seem to uh, hit the off-speed stuff, man. And they're throwing it to him. like He's seeing it. I think it was, what, 30%? I think he's, they're throwing him breaking pitches 34% of the time, basically. 33%. Yeah, yeah 34% of the time still. So, and then if you look at that, you take his ground ball rate of almost – his ground ball rate is 49.5%. So, you're telling me he's literally hitting the ball on the ground 50% of the time? He's not he's not fast enough to beat anything out. He's he's hitting sixteen percent line drives, which is really low. Like so, his batting average could stay pretty low. But I don't I don't know, man. I'm just I don't see. I, I'm really down on Vlad the rest of the season. Like I couldn't even tell you a name that. Like you could buy. Like if I was a Vlad owner, I'd be taking. I don't. Know, I can't even think of a name right now, honestly. But I would be taking. There's a lot of guys I would probably take him for. And redraft. Me and you have very different ideas of what to expect going into yeah. the second half. Yeah, you know, one thing I like to do with uh, hitters like this is I, I like to see where they're at, like over the last month, month and a half. Mm-hmm. So you know, you take a look at Vlad Jr. You know, since June first, and it really doesn't look any different. It doesn't look like there's a trend. You know, I try to find trends. I try to find you know if there's a change being made over the last month or so. And it's right there, you know, 53.9% ground ball rate since June 1st. So it's uh, gotten worse. <laughs> it's gotten worse, exactly. 26.5% soft contact rate, which has also gotten worse. Um, so, you know, that's something I like to do. Sometimes people take the overall numbers of the season. But if maybe you go back over the last month, you can find a trend, you know, either up or down. Um, and you can see, you know, if there's some changes going on that you can probably, you know, maybe project for the rest of the season going forward. And it's it's not looking any different for Vlad. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, would you rather have Vlad or Conforto the rest of the season? It's gotten to that point where you have to right. – and Conforto's not even – like, as much as I love Conforto, he's probably a fringe top 100 guy if we were drafting today. Probably around 115-ish. Yeah. But Vlad – I think Vlad carries that upside that everyone's chasing, but I'll, I personally would take Conforto over him. Yeah, I mean, Conforto, he's, you're probably looking at maybe right around the same average, maybe a little higher uh, for Conforto. You know, both guys can hit a little higher than 245. I think Conforto's probably right around there too, but Conforto's been walking a ton all year, you know, so he's... he's That's what he does. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and, and he is streaky. He is probably, you know, he's, he's going to have more home runs. So, yeah, I, I think maybe for the, this year I'm taking Conforto. And that's the thing. I'm saying this year. I'm saying second half. Obviously, we're not talking about 
you know, Dynasty. Dynasty, I'm still taking Vlad. But in redraft, let's see another name. Moustakis. I'd rather have Moustakis the rest of the season. And he's even slowed down a little bit. He's not really – the power hasn't been around lately, but he's still hitting for a decent average over the last – at least the last week. Yeah, he's – there's the all-star break kind of throwing things off in between, but he's been kind of slowing down, you know. But before the last week, he, he was hitting pretty rough for about a month, but I'd still rather have Moustakis than uh, Vlad, which is – I, I don't know. I don't know if that's a bull take or anything for the rest of the season, but – well, that's just uninspiring, man. Yeah, might be a little bold, but I think I think um, you know for the for the most part, by and large, Mustakas has been underrated this year. That is true too. Try to see if I can find another couple names here, but we could pretty much move on. It's kind of I think. Do you th- okay? Fine. Let's put it this way. Do you think Vlad has top one hundred? Do you think he'll be a top one hundred player the rest of the season? <sighs> I think he'll be on the fringe. Yeah, that's hard. To, it's that's hard. Um, I, I think he's outside the top 100 rest of the season. One one last guy, and we'll, it'll actually transition perfect. One last guy. Would you rather have Matt Olson or Vlad rest of the season? Matt Olson. Right. It's not even that. Close. So speak of Matt Olson, we're, we're on the same page. I think I talked you down on Vlad, which makes you feel better. But we're on the <laughs> same page. We're on the same page as on Matt Olson. Matt Olson is on this list of ours. Uh, we expect not only do we expect him to bounce back, and calling it a bounce back, that's because he got he came back from injury. But he, we expect he fits more of the big second half, and you can break him down a little more, right? You had everything; you were all ready to talk about him. Yeah, yeah. So, and what what actually drew me to Matt Olson is that I I got a trade offer of Matt Olson and Eugenio Suarez for Paul Goldschmidt. Now, you know, someone may be thinking buying, you know, buying low on, on Goldschmidt, but if you look, you look at Matt Olson here, um, you know, looking at his StatCast page and he's, you know, he's in the red on just about everything, you know, exit velocity, hard hit percentage. Now, you know, his X slugging is in the top 2% of the league at 610. He has a 610 expected slugging percentage and he's slugging 557 right now. Um, he has a 254 batting average. His expecting batting average is 280. Um, you know, hard hit percentage of 53.1%, top 1% of the league. He's leading, you know, pretty much near the league lead in hard hit percentage, barrel percentage, exit velocity. Um, you know, it's all off the charts. So, I mean, he raised Matt Olson, did, so, did he change his launch angle? Yeah, he, his raised, launch, his, he raised it about, what, 2%? Yeah, it's two up to nineteen point four percent. Yeah, two degrees. Uh, sorry, it's degrees, not percent. Well, not. I'm so sorry. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I would call it, so. Yeah, we're here talking percentages, and then you throw out launch angle, but <laughs> yeah. Sorry, 19. I was just looking because I was like, you know, that's one thing I do look for. I harp, I harp on tangible change. So when you see change and you see production follow, I tend to buy in more. That's why I was looking for something. I'm still looking. Keep talking. I'm looking for more stuff yeah. and more. Right. So, um, yeah, Matt, Matt Olson, you know, he had, he had that broken hammock bone, uh, early on this season and it really doesn't look to have affected him at all. Um, he's, we, we seen him hit what it was 23 home runs in 48 games, something like that two years ago. When he first um, came up and everyone he first, him. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, Matt Olson, can he do it again? Can he give you a, that huge second half this season? I think he can. And can he give you numbers comparable to Goldschmidt? You know, he 
it wouldn't surprise me if Olsen is better than Goldschmidt the rest of this season. You know, that's, that's what the underlying numbers are saying. And that Cardinal offense has just been dreadful. Oh, yeah. It's been absolutely – I mean, losing, I think Azuna being out has kind of really hurt him. It's crazy, though, man, because the thing, they have, like, two top 50 prospects in their outfield, like, in their farm system between Dylan Carlson and uh, – and Nolan Gorman. So they probably have a bright future. Cause, and then the, I'm surprised this Cardinals usually have their, what they call what the Cardinal devil magic, where they just have a whole bunch of players like 28 and older that just pop out of nowhere. Like Ponce de Leon right now. Like yeah. they just come on 27 years old and he's like, he's an ace all of a sudden, but all yeah. in all. Man. Yeah. And one, one thing that we had, you know, concerned about for, for Olsen coming into the year was you know his splits against left-handed pitchers, and he's actually hitting two eighty-six against left-handed pitching. So I nice. mean, I did find one more thing. Yeah, he's, uh-huh. No, sorry. Yeah, I mean, hitting lefties is huge for him. I mean, heck, honestly, he could hit two thirty the rest of the way. I'd be happy to be honest with him versus lefties. But I did see. I guess that lift and launch angle has really done well for him because his ground ball percentage is like a career best twenty-eight percent right now, twenty-eight point seven percent. We're talking down from. Oh, sorry. Yeah, 28 sorry, 28.7%. It's down almost uh about 8 percentage points from the, from last year and 10% from 2017. Design drive rate's a solid 20.7%, but his fly ball rate's 50%. So with his power putting the ball over the fence isn't going to be terribly difficult and he's actually he actually raised his pull rate 8% from last year. 8.6 to be exact from last year. So he's pulling the ball more. That's probably why his chase rate's up, because he's probably trying to pull a little more. Um, <laughs> but regardless, he's pulling more, he's getting the ball in the air more, and you're seeing the uh, and you're seeing the results follow, basically. And that ground ball rate being low is great for his type of profile. So there's a little change. So that, again, that goes back to that launch angle, and that's that's gonna make me buy in more. Like I'm like now, I need to go out and see see if I can still try to buy low on Olson. Honestly, rest of season. If you told me Olsen's going to outproduce Goldschmidt, I could believe it. Olsen has the higher ceiling at this point. I mean, I don't know. I I won't say higher ceiling. Yeah, because I think (laughs) – yeah, I think they both, you know – I still trust Goldschmidt to maybe have a better batting average, or I think he has the higher ceiling in batting average. He has the better track record. You know, we've seen him do it last year. Um, You know, he's another guy that, you know, we're looking at possibly bouncing back next year. I know he was hitting a little better coming into the um, going into the all-star break. So, I mean, as far as ceiling goes, you know, Goldschmidt, we, we've seen his ceiling, you know, as, as recently as last, you know, last season. Now rest of season, I'm still going to take Goldschmidt over Olsen, but it's really close. Like, like, like straight up. I honestly, like they'd both be in the similar tier because you take Goldschmidt. Like my big thing with Goldschmidt is he loses a lot of value when you take away his stolen bases, especially when he's not hitting 300. I'm still taking Goldschmidt over Olsen, but it's not by leaps and bounds anymore. But speaking of Goldschmidt, like you said, he's a bounce back candidate, but I'm not sure I'm buying in. <laughs> I, I just, I don't know, man. I, 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 I'm I actually doing a deep dive article on him this week, so maybe my tune will t- change because, again, he's another guy that I just haven't followed much of this year because yeah. I don't have any shares. I, I, was the, I was on the Freddie Freeman side of this argument in the preseason. I, th- I think I'm looking pretty good right now on that. 
Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Goldschmidt was one of my guys in our My Guy episode. And uh-huh. uh, so far, my guy is losing. <laughs> now, he's not – he hasn't been terrible. He's just been underperforming to his standards. And I think, I think in general, it's just might be part of who he is now. He might be closer to a Jose Abreu than a Freddie Freeman. And that just might be the, the truth of the matter, you know? I don't know. I really don't know what to exactly think going forward. I mean, over the last couple of weeks, he's been hot again, but now he's hitting under 200 this week again. Like, it's like right. up and down, up and down, up and down. And yeah, I mean, uh, even the strikeout percentage, strikeout percentage is up as well. Um, that's another thing we mentioned, you know, uh, about Votto. Now I still, I think, you know, Gold, Goldschmidt still, I mean, he's only. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> Goldschmidt happens. Uh, yeah. You know, I've, I've, I've said that one before. <laughs> yeah. Um, now he's, he's only 31. So, I mean, the thing is, the decline can happen for for anyone you know at it's different for everyone but like i mentioned with Votto, is sometimes plate discipline is one of the first things to go and we're seeing his strikeout percentage go up yeah but i'm wondering if and he's being more aggressive so part of that's just his added aggression i do have to look into it more because i'm curious how pitchers are pitching him because his pull rate is down too which maybe suggests that he's uh uh, maybe they're maybe they're just pitching him differently. Maybe he's trying to adjust to how they're uh, how pitchers are pitching him because he's walking less. His carry rate is only up a little bit from last year, but still up nonetheless. Everything else is falling in line. I mean, he's all his cast data suggests what he's done so far is pretty much who he is. But there's got to be more to it, man. I feel like Goldschmidt is too proven to not be at least a two seventy hitter. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there has to be some regression. So I'd say he's in for a better second half, but a big second half, not quite, basically. Taking a look at over the last month, he does have four doubles and five home runs. So, I mean, he could be could be starting to, like you said, turn it, turn it around. Um, going into the break, he was getting a little better there. Um, so, you know, we'll see. We'll see with Goldschmidt. But, yeah, I definitely think he's going to be he's going to be quite better than he's been. We're going to have to pick this up if we're going to get through these names. We have a lot of names to cover still. Um, so that's Goldschmidt, Carpenter, Votto, Olsen, Vlad. How about Keston Hira? You like him in the second half? He not See, he hasn't fit bounce back because he was – he was he was like, you know, sent down for no reason, called back up. But big second half, he fits that. Do you think – are we in store for a pretty big second half from Hira? Uh, I think – we could be yeah I definitely think we could be um you know he now hopefully we don't get any gains from the Brewers you know when if and when Travis Shaw they introduced Travis Shaw back into the lineup um but yeah Kesson here I mean he, he is striking out you know 32 percent but his batted ball data is just off the charts you know 92.7 percent average exit velocity um you know, 11.8% barrel percentage. He's got an X slugging of 519. I mean, yeah, he's he's hitting the ball hard, and he's he's got he hit another home run today. He's got nine home runs to go with five steals and only 117 at bats. Um, so I think you know he's hitting 299 right now, which with he's that's not going to be sustainable with a 32% strikeout rate. But 
I mean, I, I definitely think Keston here can be a top 10 second baseman in the second half. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, it's, hard to, it's hard to – I think the upside alone is exciting. And then he's shown it before with the call, before he gets him down. I think I think the talent's going to stay. They want to make a run. I think he's going to have a solid second half. I'm with you. I think he's definitely somebody that if you have him, write, write it out. I wouldn't look to necessarily sell high, but although he, if with the strikeout rate like that, like you said, it's, gonna, it's just hard because you look at Riley and Riley's kind of slowed down. And it was like a similar you know plate approach with the strikeouts and all that. So. If you can sell high, it would depend on what you can get for him. But I think all in all, you're going to be happy with the production rest of the season. Uh, yeah. Now, since he's been called up, he's 14th, um, four, 14th in baseball in that average exit velocity. Jeez. So he hits the ball really hard. Got it. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, he crushes the ball and he steals some bases. He's in a good lineup. Great, uh, great home park. Right, exactly. Great home park. Uh, I, I definitely think here it can be a top 10 second baseman for sure. I don't think that's out of the, the realm of possibilities. Oh, I don't think so either. I, I'm just – I was one of those I want to temper expectations a little bit because the strikeout rate alone suggests that that batting average is going to regress, but the counting stats should be there. RBIs, home runs, steals. We all know the Brewers like to run. Yelch keeps running – stealing bases. He's not even the fastest guy on the team. So – just to give you an idea, you know, they just it's just part of their team philosophy. So I'm with you. I think I think we're in for a solid second half. I'm just not I don't think I'm as optimistic as you as all. Which but whatever. I mean Yeah. I mean I'm not saying I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying I'm not I'm not as confident. But still gonna be good, just not great. Uh Jose Ramirez, I know. Just saying his name. Just saying his name at this point is really frustrating. But man, he's been great lately. No, uh, I was just gonna say it's it's not so disappointing hearing his name um, these days. You know, he's he's actually been turning it around quite a bit over the last month. Now I, um, you know, took took a look at his stats over the last you know month or so uh, since about June fifteenth. He's hitting three hundred. He's got four home runs. I think he had an, another extra base hit today. Um, just, uh, let me, let me do my search here. Uh, I had it earlier. Yeah. It's hitting, uh, so now he's hitting 294 since June 15th, 294, uh, with a 347 OBP slugging 529 with six doubles, four home runs, a triple, uh, 16 runs, 16 RBIs, three steals. He's been, he's been Jose Ramirez for the last month. He's been Jose Ramirez. He's been walking more than he's striking out 8.4% walk rate, 7.4% strikeout percentage. So, you know, that walk rate, we were looking at it early on, like the first month, you know, first month, two months of the season, it was down, you know, four or five percent, but it's up to 8.4 percent. Uh, strikeouts are way down to 7.4 percent. So, um, you know, and that's 294 with only a 276 BABIP. I mean, we could see, we could see, you know, Jose Ramirez in the second half, you know, the now maybe not the Jose Ramirez of the first half of last season when he just completely went off you know, damn near 40-40 season. But, I mean, yeah, I, I think we could definitely see another 10 home runs, 15 steals from from this point with maybe a 280, 290 average. I think, yeah, people are just so stuck on that, you know, what the draft going to be this year. I think you should just be happy if he's even close to what he was 
two years ago or whatever it was when he was more of like a 2025 home run guy versus, you know, the 41. I, I do think that maybe some of those steals from early on this season were maybe, you know, compensating for, you know, the lack of extra base hits, lack of hits in general. So, you know, maybe 10 to 15 steals. I still think he's going to run. Now, I wish they would move him back up to the third spot. He's still hitting in the fifth spot in the order, even though he's put up his numbers in the last 30 days. So, I mean, maybe they keep him there. I'd, I'd like to see him move back up to, you know, third in the order where he was early on. That, that would be fantastic. But, I mean, if I'm, if I'm getting these stats from him rest of the season, I'm not going to complain. No, as you shouldn't. And, there, you know, what's funny is that there's still a buy low window on him. So people need to uh, still jump, try and take advantage of that before it's – I mean, it should have closed by now, but I don't think people really have realized. Or maybe people are just like, oh, well, he's finally let, – let me sell him now. And I still think he could be had for a solid value. And he might be not be that – like you said, might not be that first-round value that you draft him to be, but he still might be – he has probably that third-round value upside. The steals alone carry him, and I think it's worth seeing where it goes. We can, again, move on. I'm trying to pump through some of these names. Uh, Chris Davis, he's off – he was off to us. He's had a rough uh, first half, and a lot of it's – he's playing through that sh- uh, shoulder. He's playing through, I believe, a hip injury. Kind of just been dealing with it, and it's kind of sapped some of his power. And he hasn't gotten right. I don't know if he's going to get right as long as he keeps playing through it. I'm kind of out on Chris Davis, especially in in this in this climate. I've found power elsewhere as it is, so I'm not even sure I really even need him. Otherwise, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I do think he's probably you know playing through a lingering injury. Um, you see the statcast metrics down. Everything is down across the board. Everything is pretty much down at this point. Which, and I don't think he hit that wall yet. I don't think he's, you know, he doesn't have that much, he doesn't have that same type of mileage on his body as other players. And I think it's one of those that he's going to be great. To, he's going to be a great value next year in fantasy drafts, I bet. Hey, but do you see his expected batting error? Oh, no, it's not. Wait, what was it? What's his number? 249, 247? What's that number that every forty-seven? <laughs> yeah, that's the number that that he's had two straight years, right? The batting average. Oh, he hit two forty-seven four straight years. Four, thank you. And his expecting batting average is uh two forty-seven. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I was like, I know that number means something. Uh, so it's funny. He's actually yeah, there it is. I'm looking at his FanGraphs page. Two forty-seven three straight years. His expecting batting average is actually two forty-seven. So it's really funny. So if he's not getting it, at least he's expected to. But regardless, I think a lot of it is the. I think a lot of it's just due to the injury. I mean, he's just not. He's not. I don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> I really got nothing. I think a lot of it's just a, his ground ball rate is the highest it's been in three years. It's his fly ball rate's the lowest it's been in three years. He's hitting more line drives, so that, you would actually think there'd be more batting average growth. Uh yeah, I mean, there's it's just hard. I, I'm trying to really look for reasons. He's chasing more. His swing strike rate's up a little bit. He might be trying a little too. He might be pressing a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think we're both he on could, the same. You know, Chris Davis is someone that I'm probably going to be targeting uh, at a discount next season. You know, he could well, yeah. be at you next season. Well, yeah, and I think I think he's going to fall to like that 
I don't know, fifth-ish round probably, maybe sixth. And that would be amazing. But rest of season, I'm kind of backing off. I'm not really all that interested. If I need power, maybe I go make a play to buy low. But I would buy. You need to buy low, expecting that he might just not be Chris Davis the rest of the season. But another, this kind of leads into another guy that you could probably buy low right now. But I don't know if I would really want to, and that's Ben Attendee. He's yeah. been basically a disappointment. I mean, he's at the point now where, as far as fantasy players go, he might be um, a bit overrated. Yeah. Last year he didn't do he he couldn't he didn't come up he came up short of 2020 last year, it, with uh with the ball being juiced as it is his carry rate's gone up walk rates down he's only hitting 268 on the year he only has seven home runs to nine stolen bases so he's on pace for again like that 15 20 like a 15 home run 20 home, uh, 20 stolen base season. I don't I'm just not seeing it man it's just he's a just at this point he's just a little bit overrated he's. He's a glor. He's a, like a glorified Lorenzo Kane, It feels like, and that's without the batting average and a little more pop. You want Starling Marte <laughs> or Andrew Benintendi? Oh, Marte, Marte, Marte. Marte's <laughs> like he's like on a thirty thirty pace almost, and that was with missing time. I think this. I think he in real life he's more valuable. I still think he has some upside as far as like you know. So, I mean, he is only what twenty five years old, so he still could. Find you know find some power, make some changes. It's not like he's like he's done for, but I think you need to temper your expectations for him. I think he might be a good buy low in dynasty leagues, but I'm not expecting big things the rest of the year for him. Nothing really suggests you should. I say that. I mean, has, he, has he learned how to hit lefties yet? I honestly didn't look at the splits. I was just looking at his Statcast data, and everything's in the blue. That's always worrisome. Everything and that's yeah. everything's down. He's another guy. Hard hit rate, hard hit rate is down. Exit velocity is down, and that's crazy because he's doing that while barreling more balls than ever. So that, that's kind of a that's kind of weird. He's making more quality contact, but everything is down across the board with a higher K rate and a lower walk rate. That's weird. That's a weird thing. <laughs> that's a weird mix. He probably hasn't though. Let me see. Let's look at the splits. No, he's hitting 247 against lefties. It's not too much better than his career. I believe it's like in the 230s uh, career against lefties. Um, last year, he hit 247 against lefties. And in 2017, he hit 232 against lefties. So he's a, he's a 232-40 hitter against lefties, peaking at like the mid-240s. Not terrible, but not obviously not good. But I don't know, man. They're never gonna. They're never. The Red Sox don't have the money to replace him, and he's not bad. He's actually no. good in real. He's right. better in real life. So, Just, right? Yeah, I don't think he's like replaceable by any means. He's probably you know, like you said, more valuable to the Red Sox in in real baseball than he is for fantasy right now. Um, he could be a buy low in dynasty. Yeah, he's definitely – I mean, I I know I own – I actually traded him in a Carlos Correa deal, so go figure. I traded – I traded <laughs> – I thought I was getting a good deal with Correa and he got hurt, but 
I traded one, one – I still was able to get good value, like pretty much full value for him. My other league, I have him. I'm not trading him because I know there's no way I'll get what – I'm better off – you might be better off holding if you're the Ben Attendee owner. And if you want to buy him, you probably buy him for a relatively good price in Dynasty. But as far as second half goes this year, I'm not too interested. Another Red Sox player is on this list. J.D. Martinez. He's – disappointed to this point is it fair to say he's been disappointed disappointment i mean you you look at his numbers and you can't say that you're exactly he hasn't been a disappointment i mean maybe you were you were expecting a little better so far um now i'm just pulling up his his season stats right now because uh you know jd is someone that that i've I've owned like the last two seasons and this year he was just, he was going way too high for, you know, I, I just, the way my picks landed this, this year, I just didn't have any JD, but um, I mean, he's hitting 294, 19 home runs. So, I mean, yeah, you really can't complain with 54 runs, 49 RBI, but I do think that even at 294 with 19 home runs, I think he can be, you know, he could be the best hitter in baseball for the second half. Yeah, and I think it's almost been like – it's like he's been quietly good because I, don't, I, don't, I have no shares. And I didn't realize he had basically 20 home runs already and hitting 280 and, or 290, sorry. And it's funny because all his X stats suggest he should be doing better. So that means there's probably – he's probably going to continue to do what he's doing at the very least and even get better. He dropped his K rate this year as well. His hard hit rate's actually down a lot, though, which is weird. So I'm wondering his launch angle has changed too a little bit. That seems to fluctuate a bit. Regardless, I'm looking at like his batting average is expected to be higher and Woba X Woba, slugging X slugging, all that stuff suggesting positive regression. And honestly, I don't he's such a good hitter. He could just get back to form what he of what he did last year and I just again, it's 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 the power skill set that I think gets overlooked now because it's so plentiful. But he offers pretty much four out of five category upside, and I think I'm I'm definitely with you. I think a big second half is underway for him. He could make a he could, uh, We've seen him go on runs, especially what with the Diamondbacks that one year, two years ago, where he hit like yeah. twenty home runs in like forty games or something ridiculous. Like, yeah, yeah. So I mean. JD is someone who I've been calling a buy low for the last couple of months. But if you look, you know, at his monthly splits, uh, he hit 256 in May with seven home runs. And then in June, he hit 310 with another seven home runs. So, I mean, he's probably, he hasn't done, he hasn't disappointed enough for anybody to really be selling low at this point. He's just not first round value. He just hasn't given first-round value, right. Exactly. Second-round value. <laughs> He'll be a second-rounder next year. But, yeah, it's one of those that's like he was slightly overdrafted. Now he's not quite living up to it type of thing. But yeah. all in all, expect better things. Now, we have a few names here still left, quite a few. We don't have to break them down. Let's just kind of run through a couple of them and maybe touch on one more guy each that we really like. Sure. All right, Daniel Murphy. Uh I think he's he's kind of he's been you know lately he's been real hot. 
I think there's a lot better things. I think that he's going to continue it, has cores as a home field, found a swing. He's been a top 100 guy over the last month or two. And I think he's in for a solid second half. So somebody you could definitely plug in your lineup and just forget about him. That's my opinion on him. Um, you know, I'm Oh. I yeah. I didn't see I'm this not coming. so sure. I'm not so sure. I, I mean, I know he's been heating up. He's uh hitting much better lately, like you said. He's hitting Well, I didn't realize he was hitting 364 in in July so far and uh he hit 344 in June. Mm -hmm. Um, the only thing that concerns me honestly is the injury risk with Murphy Uh, I know he's still playing through pain with that finger injury he suffered early on this season Um, so I mean I'm cautiously buying into Murphy for the second half just because yeah that the injury risk I I think is is pretty significant right now and it's funny because if you pull up a stat cast page it screams regression but right. more, it's all blue. It's all blue. With the you throw that out the window with Rockies hitters, though. Uh, not out the window, but you definitely don't let it. <laughs> uh, you definitely don't let it be the tell all the be all end all. But a lot of it is. Um, I wonder how much of the recent production has factored in yet. You know, because if it's only been about a month, and we're talking about, remember, he was terrible for a long time this year. Yeah. So, well, let's look into his batted ball data over the last month. Yeah. Let's, um, uh, here we go. This was supposed to happen with every player, but now we have to. <laughs> uh, I mean, so just over the last 30 days, he's got a 32.4% hard hit rate. Um, he's hitting the ball into the ground a lot, you know, 45%. But, I mean, you can't really take much away from that at, at this point. So how much of it is Coors? How much of it is any changes in, in, you know, Murphy's ability over the last two months? Um, I'm not too sure. He's just someone that I'm just really cautious about. If you look, if you go far, a little farther back and look at Murphy as far as like from June 1st till now, because I feel like it was like June was like a really good month for him. He is, he's, he's, in, his soft contact is down to like 16.7%. His hard contact isn't up as high as you'd like. But with a line drive rate of 21% and a medium contact rate of a medium, uh, yeah, medium contact rate, medium contact rate of 51.8%, you're looking at a guy who's probably going to lead to that's probably gonna, that right there typically leads to a pretty solid average, and it's showing. I mean, obviously his fly ball percentage of 40.7% will lead to a little more added power, and I think you're seeing that in the numbers, being that he has six home runs in the last month and a half, but he's batting 349 and. I feel like the batting average is definitely what Murphy is. And he, of course, Coors is going to help. And he's he's just – he's going to be – I think he's safe. I think he's safe for the second half. I don't think he's going to have a huge second half. But I think he's going to be what we expected him to be when we drafted him in the second half, like a high average, decent power, nothing special, and then just all around just a high floor, low ceiling type of guy. That's yeah. what I'm expecting second half from him. So when I say big second half, I guess it's more of a – within expectations second half as long as he can stay healthy like you said health is the biggest concern right that, that went longer than we expected um are you buying the big second are you expecting a decent like a good bounce back second half from trey turner he's been kind of sluggish since coming off the il and that was a while ago now and i feel like he's just kind of meandering around like i don't really know man what's going on with him i mean he's given us 
seven home runs, 18 steals, 279. No, I, honestly, I, I think we can expect more of the same, what, what he's given us. I, I think we could pretty much just expect more of the same, about a 280 average, um, maybe another maybe another seven or eight home runs. Um, now, maybe the stolen bases could go up because he did miss so much time uh, early on. Um, maybe we get another 20 steals, so we're looking at maybe a 1540 player at the end of the year, 1540 with about 280 average. Which is weird because you know he always and with the with the added pop and with the added uh, with the juice ball and everything, I'm ex- I was expecting a little more power out of him. And he did hit 19 home runs last year, so I'm just I'm, I guess I'm a little surprised. I, I think at this point now, though, I'll take what I can get. But his ground balls are – he still hits too many ground balls to really be a true power hitter, 48.8% ground ball rate. His speed's real, and I'm kind of on board. At this point, 15 home runs, and it wouldn't surprise me if he stole another 20-plus bases either. So that's a solid second half. I would take that all day. And I think, like you said, more of the same. We can kind of move on. Not, not too big, not too small. But he, he has poor he's – he's Goldilocks. The porridge is just right with, with Turner. Jose Altuve recently tr- started turning around again after a real, real sluggish start. As far as the second half goes, I think we're – I don't know what to expect. I think he'll be okay. I think he'll be good, not great. I, and I think a big reason why is because he's going to – I don't think he's going to steal a lot. Take away the steals from him, he doesn't do enough. He turns into a four-category player, and that's okay. That's good, not great. I think he's going to be like – I think he could be a really good four-category guy, but he doesn't hit enough power to be a true, like, Arenado type. And if he's not going to steal bases – that significantly hurts his value. All in all, though, I think he's gonna have a decent, a really good second half. Just not he's gonna he's gonna lack in the stolen bases you need from him, and ultimately, that's gonna hurt his value, but not as much as it would hurt a lot of other people's value. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, I, I I'm I hear you. I'm right there too. Um, I'm not even so sure we get double digits this year from him. Yeah, I have a bet on that. <laughs> I actually made I actually made a bet that he wouldn't steal ten bases from when he got uh, brought back up. He's only stolen one last I checked. So, yeah, unfortunately, and I'm not betting on it because I want it to happen because I have a lot of Altuve. It's just I, what, they're not going to push it. He's he had a setback during his rehab because of the knee. I thought right that was like one of the reasons he had a setback, like the bad knee started acting up. Something weird like that was happening. Right. Yeah. So. I don't see them. They have no reason to. They have no reason to run. They don't need him to steal bases to, to produce or, ma- or manufacture runs. You take away his stolen bases. That's a big hit to his value. Not saying it's going to be something that continues in the next year, but the, for the rest of this season, I can totally see him stealing maybe five more bases, which isn't all that much. Maybe seven if you're lucky. Yeah. No, I I, I hear you. Maybe five, six. Um... Like like you said, I do think now uh, most projection systems have them for you know eight more home runs. I think we could probably we could maybe see double digit home runs from Altuve. Yeah, it all it takes is a little hot streak. I think he had two or three in the last few games, right? Right. I know he had two the other yeah. day. So yeah, I mean that's I feel like the power. But again, we're talking solid production, just four categories instead of five. So big second half again, not so much, but good solid bounce back second half. I I do expect it. Now, Josh Donaldson's another guy. Just when you think he's done, he's been get, he he's given you now another solid month of just just awesome production. He's been uh, 
really good, and he's another guy that can just do it in bunches, man. Um, I might lean towards selling high if I can. We're talking over the last month, he's a top 20 player in Roto Leagues. 10 home runs, 20 RBIs, two stolen bases, batting 276. This week he has three home runs, batting 294. Like, this could be – I mean, this is what everybody was hoping for from Josh Donaldson. A lot of people dropped him by now, though. I mean, he's he's obviously pretty much universally owned, but he was dropped in a lot of leagues. He was uh, traded for nothing. Uh, what do you what do you think? Second half, you think it'll be more of the same? You think he'll come back down to earth? Yeah, no, I, I think it could be more of the same. I mean, yeah, people were drafting him in the eighth, ninth round in, you know, 12-team leagues uh, and hoping for that potential. He was someone who, you know, you were thinking could give you top three round potential. Um, I think we could get more of the same. He's in one of the best lineups in baseball. Now, if you do want to sell high after this uh, you know, hot stretch, um, you know, I wouldn't mind that either. If you're looking, you know, so far in, in July, it's six home runs, you know, halfway through the month where he's at six home runs. And the um, all-star break. And, the, and there was an all-star break, which is impressive. And his right, stat yeah, cast, exactly. If you look at that stat cast data, it's all bright red. 92nd percentile, 93rd percentile, <laughs> like 93rd percentile, 96th percentile. Just to give you an idea, the only thing he, the only thing he's hurting in is batting average. So he's a three and a half uh, stat producer. He's good for power, good for RBIs. Obviously, like you said in that in that lineup, good for runs. Way better in OBP leagues. So points leagues, he's. Way, he's way more valuable in OBP and points leagues because he has 365 OBP with all that stuff. His OPS is obviously really good at 875. Batting average, I'd say 250 is who he is now. He's not going to be that two. He's not going to be that 280 hitter we saw in 2016 or 265 maybe like in 2017 is possible. But I think he can he can hit another 15 home runs easily. 20 home runs, probably another 20 before the season's over. Be a 40 home run guy. It's just. How is he staying healthy? He he plays the field every day. He couldn't even stay healthy playing DH last last few years. Yeah. I don't know. The more I look into him, the more I'm definitely buying the the good second half. I think he's going to be more of the same. Big home run, big power producer. I would I would just the only thing you got to be careful with is the uh, health. But if you're worried about the health, you could probably sell high if people are buying the numbers. Yeah, the only thing I could, I'm thinking right now is, like, what are you selling for? You might have to, like, go speed. outside of the position. Probably. I mean, if you're selling power, it's your speed or pitching. Um, you could probably – I mean, a lot of people are down on Bauer. Maybe you can make a move on Bauer, get Trevor, Bauer's, uh, Trevor Bauer for him. Or maybe you want to – maybe you can get a uh, – let's see, what's speed? Maybe a Jose Ramirez if you want some speed by low. Maybe you can do that. that yeah, I'm just not so sure that those owners are going to be doing that right now, but maybe um... – I'm just thinking names of guys that – you know, these are names like Jose Ramirez and uh, and Trevor Bauer are names that a lot of people are like don't know what to do with. So I would say Matthew Boyd, but I feel like I feel like Boyd isn't dying. I feel like that's – I feel like you're – I don't know. Donaldson can get you more than Boyd right now, I feel like. If you're, if you're hoping for – if. Jack Flaherty bounced back in the second half. Would you trade Donaldson for Flaherty if you needed pitching? Um, I think that's the pro- I think that's an appropriate gamble. Right. I think I think that's an appropriate gamble. Caleb Smith, if I can make that move, I would. It's another guy that 
people see, oh, it's the Marlins. You know, he's a Marlins pitcher, so he might be somebody you can get still. Yeah, maybe a, a Zach Wheeler or a Noah Syndergaard. I would love Wheeler or Thor. Wheeler's just that injury. I would like to make sure that he's uh, he's back first. I wouldn't want to trade. Unfortunately, we're at the point now where you might have to trade for him, hoping that he's going to get healthy. I, th- I think he will be. Seems like a minor injury, but I think I would make that move. I think I'd still, again, I think – I think we have. I think we gave people a right idea of what type of guys to aim for when you're selling Donaldson. You gotta be realistic. I think high end guys would be your Jose Ramirez, Trevor Bauer types, but I think realistically these names were better. So good call on that. Let's see. I think yeah, there's. I think that, uh, Buster Posey's on this list. Honestly, it's as simple as this. He's a catcher. He has the. He has the uh, the track uh, the track record, and he's been better recently. You don't really need to give me much reason to pick up a catcher that's doing well. If you need a catcher and he's available, pick him up and enjoy it. It's that simple. <laughs> big yeah. second half or yeah. not, I don't know. I honestly couldn't tell you if he's going to have a big second half. I honestly don't care. If if there's a, a catchers or catchers, and if you can get one that's doing well, just enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, you know, Posey's someone who, you know, I was looking into a bit because he has been playing better recently. Now, I remember watching a broadcast, a Giants broadcast a few weeks ago, and they were mentioning him tweaking his swing, working with the hitting coach to tweak his swing. And now, you know, since then, in the last few weeks, he's hitting 390 um, with five extra base hits, including three doubles and two home runs. So, I mean, people were talking about dropping Posey a month ago. So, you know, if he's... He's definitely someone who, at the catching position, can definitely, you know, give you a good return in the second half. And with him, it's become more of a question of health as well. He's another guy that falls into that can he stay healthy category. I feel like now, right? But like I said, it didn't. You don't have to work hard to talk me into him, man. <laughs> he's <laughs> it's, a, it's a catcher, and he if he's available, I, he's probably he's a top. He's probably a top ten catcher the rest of the season, and that's. Not really a bold take by any means, I'm sure. Now, last guy on this list is just a personal favorite, and I think he's in for a really good second half. And that's my buddy, my boy, Michael Conforto. I can never get enough of him. His stat cast numbers suggest everything he's doing is pretty in line with. He's a fringe top 100 guy, and I get it. Definitely better in points in OBP leagues because, like you mentioned, he walks a ton. He's a top percent, top six percent of the league with a thirteen point nine percent walk rate. But it's intriguing because his K rate is down from last year. If you look at some of his other stuff, like his line drive rate is back where it was in twenty seventeen at twenty four percent. He actually has a career low ground ball rate, so he's getting more balls in the air. He has like he has the legit power. He's he just I think I think I'm hope maybe I'm a little more hopeful. I think there's a good chance that we could see what we had, what we got from him last season in the second half, where, you know, he struggled in the first half because he came back from injury too soon, came back and hit like 270 with 11 home runs, and was just a completely different player. And I think we, I think he has that upside again this year. Yeah. Now I'm I'm taking a look at at Conforto. He hasn't exactly gotten back to hitting the ball as hard as he was hitting in 2017 before the shoulder injury he's right in line with where he was last year he's at 87.5 in average exit velocity I think 
with the barrel percent he he did raise his barrel percentage this year and i think that goes um together with the raise rise in uh his launch angle um i, I think that's given him more barrels this year it's up from 11.9 degrees to 16.3 degrees in launch angle so i think that's helped his barrel percentage but i i would like to see hit that uh exit velocity go up a little bit uh with 17 home runs and uh you know, 240 average, I think he's, he's at right now. Now, like you say, he's better in OBP leagues. Um, I, I'm probably expecting maybe a 250 hitter with another, um, maybe he can reach 30 home runs, but I'm thinking between 25, maybe around 25 to uh, 28 home runs to end the season. No, he's hitting 30, and I'll put money on it. He's, he's going to hit that 30, huh? <laughs> well, he's only, he only needs 13 home runs, and even last year with his, with his hurt shoulder when he played the first half, that's where he hit the 11 home runs. His second half, he hit 17 home runs with a 273 batting average. So the batting average upside's there. We know the power's there, and it's just a matter of getting it. I mean, he's barreling the ball more. He raised the uh, launch angle of his, which is great because that explains why his ground ball rate is so low. I think, the, you know, the warm months are here. I think he's going to get going. I mean, he went 4 for 4 tonight. He hits a lot of doubles. Like That really frustrates me because he hits a ton of doubles. But I think the yeah. power is going to come. I think he's a 30 home run hitter, 250 to 260 batting average. Like he's solid, but I think it wouldn't be. So, I just, I guess I'm thinking that last. Maybe he, he might just be one of those guys that are better in the second half. And I'm willing to. Uh, I know you can get him relatively cheap right now too. So I think a lot of this is more of a buy low opportunity. And I think again, if you're in OBP leagues or points leagues, he's definitely a guy you want to go out and get before the window closes, because I think yeah. that's where his value's at at its best. So. But I think a solid, solid, solid. Sorry, I think it's a solid second half, and I'm not. I'm not, I'm not saying elite by any means, but I think solid, and I think there's a lot of upside to be had there. And I just, again, I, I just can't get off this train. I guess this Conforto train. Yeah, no, you might be onto something there with the career second half splits, but just when I'm looking at the overall numbers, they look exactly identical to last season. I know. I was looking at him too. I'm like, geez. Although his slugging percentage this year is higher than last year, like the batting average and all that, but slugging is literally what fifty points higher or forty points higher. His expected slugging and his actual slugging, I don't know, but his actual. Let me see his actual slugging from last year. Yeah, we're talking a thirty point difference, roughly. In expected and 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 actual slugging percentage last year, I think we could be looking at a really good power second half. Then, like even with the hard hit rate being slightly down a tick, which makes no sense. <laughs> but the exit the velo isn't low enough. I don't know, man. It's weird. His his expected slugging is supposed to be higher, but then his velo hard hit rates. Some of the stuff really makes me wonder sometimes. That's all. Yeah. But, I mean, he hasn't barreled a ball like this since 2017. So, there's – I think there's just a chance for a good second half, a really solid second half. That's all. Yeah, some of the some of the monthly splits are a little encouraging when you look at the second half. Um, it, it looks like for his career, he's kind of someone who starts off really hot and slows down middle of the season, then picks it back up. You know, his highest home run totals are come in the beginning of the season um, and then – slows down June, July. He has the 195 career average in June, 249 career average in July, and then picks up uh, with August and September with 252 and 264. 
Yes. Validation. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, you know, with that, along with that, the home runs pick up in those months as well. So yeah, maybe uh, Conforto is just one of those second half players. So what you're telling me is that when you, when you, when you draft him in the regular, when you draft him in the off season, you get off to a hot start, you sell them and then you buy them back right before the trade deadline. Exactly. You miss all those. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's just a guy that I can't quit. So any reason I get just talk about him, but I think that's going to do it. We covered a lot of names and got into way more than we were supposed to. As <laughs> as usual. That's how it goes with us. Man. <laughs> so at the end of the day, it turns out to be a good time. Yeah, we always enjoy it. And I hope that the listeners do too. I mean, because we do one a week, sometimes two a week, I think the long podcasts are halfway enjoyable for these guys because they can break it up into two different days, you know? So it's like two and one. But yeah. Either way, guys, we always appreciate you listening. Uh, don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter at Mike underscore Curlin. He, uh, George is at is 90 Now, don't forget to please rate and review the podcast. I haven't asked you to do that in a while, so I'm asking you now. It helps us uh, gain some exposure on iTunes and whatnot. Not to, and um, also, <clears throat> if you also want to follow the, the, uh, the podcast page, we have, we have a podcast page on Instagram and on, on Twitter at BasesLoadedPod is where you can find them and i think that's about doing it you have your weekly you have your weekly fan checks articles you have the bullpen report coming out on thursday and the hitter planner i believe it's called right the hitter planner on saturday yeah right so every thursday morning uh, you can expect the uh, closer rankings update and bullpen depth charts so i just go through the week kind of summarize the bullpen usage for each team and, uh, you know, update the closer rankings and let you know who would be next in line for saves. And then Saturday mornings, I come out with the hitter planner for the following week, kind of go through, check out each team, see who's been hottest. Um, you know, I break down you let, uh, their matchups for the following week and maybe highlight some players that you can, you know, pick up or use and or make sure you have in your lineups. Yeah, and I do my weekly deep dive article, which is also released on Saturdays. So me and you are pseudo competitors, but in all in all reality, it's uh, you can find them on Fantrax HQ. We are for, both fortunate enough to be writing for Fantrax, so it just happened to be that we both podcast together, and then we both got picked up by Fantrax. So it's been a fun it's been a fun ride, a great experience. But great group of guys over there they they do everything. So if you know if you're getting into football, they do they do they have a couple football podcasts. They have soccer they have just named the sport and they pretty much have coverage for it so you can check that out on Fantrax hq this is rambling a little bit towards the end but as always we appreciate you guys listening and we'll talk to you soon